Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. We have a special for all our amazing listeners. If you live in one of our zip codes that we service here in the Orlando area, use the promotional code WESTORANGE, one word, WESTORANGE, when you subscribe on our website. Before jumping into this episode, I want to apologize for the barking sounds from my dog Ginger and the drilling sounds from the local plumber. We had our pipe bust uh, during the middle of the day today and right now they're gutting our walls and I'm trying to record this podcast while all that happens. So once again, sorry. Here with me is Kate Haseldo. Kate is the co-founder of Compost Queens, a company that transforms food waste into compost. She's a special ed teacher, social worker, and transition facilitator for a public school district. Her passion for a sustainable food system and concerns about the climate crisis radically changed her course. Born and raised in South Texas, today the compost queen works hard to save the planet, or at least San Antonio, where her company, Compost Queens, is based, one bucket at a time. Thank you, Kate, and um, I'm really excited about this conversation because I see you as a very unique community composter, whereas you're, you know, um, a female driven company, which is not as common as, you know, we like in the community composting realm, but also um, most importantly, you use Bokashi flakes to do a lot of your composting. So kind of how do you compost 20 tons a month, which I notice you are doing, but with Bokashi, how does that happen? Uh, so we really, first of all, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to get to talk about um, what we're doing with other composters. Um, so we really use the Bokashi in the collection part of the service. We service our residents once a month. Um, and they get two to four buckets. And so with the Bokashi flakes, you know, I don't know how familiar people are with it, but basically when you layer it in with the food scraps in an anaerobic environment, so an airtight bucket, it basically ferments the food scraps. So it doesn't smell horrible and it keeps the bugs away. So that allows us to be able to pick up once a month as opposed to every week. Um, cause it just doesn't get as nasty in that bucket. And so then when we pick up the food scraps, um, on the farm where we do most of our processing, we're then taking those fermented food scraps and doing hot composting in windrows. But we also work with local community gardens and residents with their own, you know, backyard gardens, and we help enrich their soil with those fermented buckets as well. So we're able to sort of farm those buckets out in a couple of different ways to be processed. Yeah, and Bokashi is essentially, it's like the fermentation of food scraps 
in an anaerobic environment. So with the five gallon buckets that your residential subscribers receive, that makes sense. But how do you do it for the commercial subscribers where they may be generating, you know, a, a 64 gallon tote or a couple of those every week? So with them, we actually use 40 gallon barrels that have airtight locking lids. And then we give them a bucket of the flakes to use as well. And so okay. they're also adding those Bokashi flakes. And really, you know, sometimes it takes a little while for them to get in, used to adding the flakes, but they really catch on pretty quickly. So we've cool. had a lot of success with it. And um, is that, from an operational standpoint, is that expensive to source the Bokashi flakes? Do you make it yourself? We make it ourselves. And we um, use coffee chaff as our base, and we're sourcing that. We have a lot of coffee roasters in San Antonio, so we're sourcing that from local coffee roasters. So it's really... Um, not a huge expense and we actually are also selling the bokashi flakes you know through our website and other retail and if you're like a san antonio gardener you want to really give your vegetable garden a boost this year how would you recommend uh, a at home backyard composter using bokashi how do they add that into the soil to enrich it so there's a few ways to do it. We have clients that they literally have a hole in their backyard that that is sort of their compost area. And so they bury a bucket. And then while they're filling and fermenting the next bucket, that's turning into soil that they can dig out and use. Um, they're adding it into their hot compost piles when they have the fermented food scraps. Um, or just directly into their beds ahead of planting time. Cause when you add that fermented, those fermented food scraps into just like a trench in, you know, garden bed and cover it, it turns to soil in a matter of just a few, couple of weeks. Wow. That's awesome. And you just imagine from a microbial standpoint, uh, when you're fermenting, you know, that's like the microbes just going nuts and um, creating like a universe. And then by adding that to your soil, um, it's, it's giving the soil all that life that it needs to really taxi the nutrients to the plant roots. Exactly. And, you know, as opposed to if the food scraps were just sitting there decaying and just leaching off all of their nutrients we're creating just yeah exactly just so much more yeah. yeah and san antonio i um i believe san antonio has a curbside residential composting program for their residents yes yeah, so there's, there's a green bin recycling program for single family households in in the city of san antonio and that's been around gosh probably close to 10 years. Um, and it's it's a pretty great program where we saw sort of a gap was that doesn't serve anybody in an apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And then San Antonio has within sort of the, you know, metropolitan area, we've got about 22 municipalities throughout San Antonio that are, that they don't have the green bin. Okay. So 
we're able to service a lot of pockets of San Antonio within San Antonio that didn't have the service, but also, you know, there are a lot of San Antonian like residents that have the green bin and they use that for their, you know, yard trimming, stuff like that, but they still use us for food scraps because of the bugs and, you know. Yeah. And I imagine commercial is another area where the city doesn't really have a solution. Right. Right. We're it. We're the only commercial organic selection service in San Antonio. Do you do um, events like food waste diversion at uh, events, weddings, birthday parties? So leading up to COVID, we actually had several events from music festivals to conferences. San Antonio is a huge conference hub. Um, we, we were starting to book several events. Um, those all have since obviously been canceled, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was starting to pick up around um, if we had done a few weddings and things like that. And what, you know, that's something I've struggled with. I've done a couple zero waste weddings and other events, but besides just the baseline, we'll come to the event, collect the food waste, haul it back at the end of the event and recycle it. Um, Do you include other services um, in that, that event service? No, we really pretty much are just doing the, the food waste collection. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how it should be. I, I feel like it's pretty simple. Um, do you want to recycle the food waste from your event, which there's going to be a lot typically, right. or um, do you not want to? So, yeah, I mean, that's really great to hear that you've been booking a lot of those uh, leading up to COVID, obviously, hopefully that comes back for you. But do you have a, a strategy that you kind of go out and bring in those clients, those um, event clients? Really, our biggest marketing strategy that we've seen success has been word of mouth. And just, um, you know, we have a fairly strong uh, social media presence locally, I think, but it's really just, it's word of mouth. And San Antonio's a relatively progressive city, but it's still very slow to kind of come up to new things. And so just getting, we've had to do a lot of just education in general oh. about composting. And I've seen a shift in the past couple of years um, since we first started, but it's still just a big educational um, curve for people. Interesting. So back to like the city, it sounds like the food waste recycling infrastructure in San Antonio isn't, you know, where you'd like it to be. It has a long way to go and a lot more education. I did hear that um, Atlas Organics opened up a composting facility. Uh, Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Is it biosolids that they're composting or... So I don't, I don't know a lot about it. My understanding is that previously the city contracted with an existing composting facility here to send, you know, so they worked with maybe waste management or somebody to pick it up and then they took it to New Earth. Well, New Earth 
and I don't know the chain of events, but New Earth got bought out by a larger organization. And so at the same time, the city was putting out bids for an organics company to come. I think they're doing it over a capped landfill. And what I, my understanding is that they're gonna try to address the high um, contamination rate because we have a very high contamination rate in the green here. Uh, so um, yeah, so I, I don't know that it's gonna really change from the consumer standpoint what it looks like in San Antonio. I think it's just the city trying to have a better program and maybe then it'll be able to expand, but that's my understanding. Okay. And why do you think the contamination is so high in the green bin? Is it because it's just universal? Everyone gets a green bin and there's not really much education leading up to residents getting the green bin? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It um, They're starting to go to a bit of a pay as you throw program. So they're encouraging you to downsize your trash and your recycling, you know, and up your green, yeah. up your recycling too. But I think when they require people to opt in, they are seeing a bit of a change with the um, contamination because people are being a little bit more conscious. But I do think there's just a lot of, I know that a couple of years ago, they had to do a really big campaign about like, keep your diapers out of the green bin. And <laughs> I mean, I just think people just don't know, you know, they're just, right. you know, there's, there's really not great education around it in the city. I mean, even mm. around recycling, nobody knows what really is supposed to go in the recycling bin. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty knowledgeable about it and it's still, I just learned Sweet. last week, there was something we were putting in that was wrong, so. That's my biggest worry is that uh, curbside composting becomes like curbside recycling is, you know, people just don't know what goes in there. It becomes heavily contaminated. And then the whole industry, you know, kind of folds in on itself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, composting is relatively young uh, compared to recycling or at least the you know at the municipal level so I think we have the opportunity to really do it the right way and learn from the mistakes that single stream recycling has made where hey you just throw everything in one bin and you know wipe wash your hands of it um, but yeah that's Interesting to hear. And for those who don't know about the pay as you throw, it's a, a trash system, which, by the way, I love the fact San Antonio is on board with this is the trash you you pay for the size of the curbside trash container you use. So the incentive is to use a smaller um, trash can versus a larger one because you're paying less and my parents in Portland Oregon have like a cute little 20 gallon trash can and it they divert you know everything else everything they can into the recycle can in the compost bin the green bin so I think San Antonio at least has their head uh, in the right space what would you like to see the city you know, a, a policy you've seen in other cities, um, what would you like to see the city implement? 
So Austin, just up the road from us, recently implemented requiring food licensed rest, uh, businesses to have to recycle their food scraps, so compost, to use compost. And they put some incentives, you know, there was some incentive around starting a program tied to it. I would love to see that. Um, I think what I'm, what I see with restaurants is it's just so low on their priority. Well, and I mean, it's hard right now with COVID because they're just struggling. It's so hard to just stay afloat, but even beforehand, it just was so low on their priority list. And it's so much like trash is so much cheaper than just, you know, using a community compost service because it's subsidized and whatnot. And so I think having more of a push from the city to get businesses to do it would be great. Do you any do you have an idea of what the tipping fees are there in your region of Texas? I do not know. Okay. Here in Central Florida, they're stupid cheap. They're like 35 bucks at the, the Orange County landfill. So, you know, if we're we're gonna encourage diversion to compost, um, you know, we need to raise that rate. And right now the county they're competing with other landfills in the region. So they don't want to raise that rate. And, you know, again, there's not really a, an outlet for the compost in the first place besides O-Town compost, but we're too small right now. But yeah, I, I think it's fun to talk about these policies at the municipal level. I mean, do you have a relationship with the sustainability coordinator, the people in the city? What have you guys talked about? So we actually just uh, in 2018 uh, 19, and 19 went through a climate action and adaptability you know, process. So I was actually on the waste and consumption working group and that was through the city. So it was a you know, year and a half long process of coming up with a plan to be you know, ready for what's coming at us with the climate. And that, I mean, it was an eye-opening process to see how the city works. And we, they did propose a policy that requires new construction to use a certain amount of compost in their landscaping as creating mm. an end market. Cause there was um, a guy that works in our solid waste who I think had been to Seattle or Portland, somewhere in that area where they had like all this compost because they were requiring it, but then they didn't have an end market. So he, he was mm. trying to look at the big picture, which I think is great. Um, but it was, they were pretty adamant that things like requiring it are nowhere on the <laughs> horizon. Yeah. But I think like the city's trying to come up with some kind of a plan um, but just the community itself, I think there's becoming a push just from within the community to. Um, Did any actionable items come from that uh, summit or that um, year long plan planning process? So, yeah, there are a lot that have been, you know, were recommended. We're right now really trying to push towards looking at you know, abandoned city lots that can be used for food forests and other, you know, agricultural use. Um, and then we're trying to get a city position to have somebody that's really looking at the food system. Like, you know, that's their, mm -hmm. the whole thing. So we're really looking 
more globally at the whole food system and you know working composting and all of that into it mm -hmm. um, we do have some of the development code that recently has like allowed urban agriculture to be done in the city um, there's still some fees and whatnot that we have to work up out that are barriers but so we're just trying to push the whole movement forward because that's how you know mm -hmm. that's how community composting grows that's how it all grows so yeah so you guys are very focused on like the local food system side of community composting i noticed that you um bring your food scraps to a farm uh there or the garcia street urban farm could you just talk about what that is and what you yeah. do so that and it's sort of evolved over COVID. So Garcia Street is a really incredible project. It's, it was former housing on that property. It's in the middle of, of you know, downtown San Antonio, right on the east side. So it's a partnership between San Antonio Housing Authority. They got a HUD grant to put a, an urban farm in. And then the local community college district has an environmental arm, Ecocentro, so they hired a farm team to do the farming. And then we were doing the processing of the food scraps there. Um, and that was right leading into COVID where we were experiencing huge growth. So because it's in the middle of town and there's a neighborhood right across the street, we learned a lot about composting with neighbors, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, we are still doing some composting there, but we're looking at really turning that into more of an educational program, smaller scale, you know, stuff. And there were some other issues, like they had some equipment stolen. So it sort of changed what we're able to do out there. But we do want to make that more educational, community driven. And then we also are, work with Talking Tree Farm, which is a permaculture farm just east of town where we have about half an acre where we're doing right now the bulk of our processing because it's a little more out of town you know yeah but yeah it's I mean working with farmers partnering with them is incredible because it's just there's so much like shared knowledge I mean and that's our goal in starting the in starting the company was really to like strengthen the local food system we saw a gap that we could fill but we want to help make it all more sustainable. So, and you really do cool. have a compost give back for your subscribers twice a year. And yes. does that go to your drop off subscribers as well? It does. Yeah. Cool. And what about commercial clients? Cause I get this question every time I'm putting together a quote for a commercial client. Hey, do we get compost in return? And, you know, for me, I find it a little bit hard to give back the larger quantities of compost, especially because you got to kind of do some accounting. How much feedstock are they bringing me, which we process into compost? Not to mention the processing takes yeah. effort, fuel, you know, labor time. Um, but yeah, I would love to know what you you guys do. We have had a few commercial clients, but it's really it was you know an architecture firm we were working with that they had a gar small garden on site. So they have never really asked for more back than a residential client is asking. Okay. So um, that we haven't had any like requests for a lot of bulk return, 
We right. did in December do our first like public sale of soil and we're able to offer some bulk that way. Just, you know, come by the farm and we'll like load up your truck just to test okay. out that went. And have you guys, I mean, how is the regulatory environment in San Antonio for composters? So because of our size and because we're really, we're really with the farm, we're kind of under the radar basically, <laughs> which is kind of great. Um, I mean, we've reached out to them and are like, you know, what do we need to do? They're like, well, you're really like, you're just composting on the farm and how big are your pile? So, you know, we haven't really had to do anything. If we were to have a big mm. facility, um, Bear County, this county we're in specifically has, I think some of the tightest restrictions in the state because there mm. have, has in about 10 or 15 years ago was a large fire that burned for days from a compost facility. Oh. So they're very, you know, yeah. all really all the like the fire sort of regulations but we sort of fall into you know we're much smaller scale and that's really our our goal is to keep partnering with small farms around the area and sort of spread it out and not have right. a huge compost facility so have a network of smaller exempt farms to do your compost processing rather than one large centralized facility, which is like the Atlas Organics. Right. By the way, I talked with their regulatory guy of Atlas Organics like last week. And he says oftentimes uh, the regulators themselves don't really know the, you know, it's a very gray area when it comes to composters because mm -hmm. it's not a traditional industry. And they're mostly concerned about leachate um not going to the groundwater but as long as uh composters like you and me relatively small are trying to do the right thing and we reach out you know usually we're just okay like they're not gonna send out a team of enforcers and ticket us so well that's that's really interesting um what do you prefer the your pickup residential service or your drop-off residential service and why? Um, I mean, the, the drop-off is obviously like much less labor for us and all of that, but I, I like the, like kind of the connection of having the pickup customers. Um, we're able to do a little bit more with them. So we've been trying out doing sort of a cross promotion with other local companies. So there's a local like maple bourbon syrup company that had some little sample bottles that we could put out in our buckets to just share, you know, wow, and we, that's can't, awesome. we, we can't really do that with our drop-offs because, you know, we would just leave a stack of syrup bottles there. Right. You know? So I, I like doing, I like sort of that connection with them, but, um, but we really just want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. So we have been developing more drop-off sites around town and that's been exciting. Yeah. It's just a lower price point. It's easier for a lot of people to do. So That's a good idea. So like this maple bourbon syrup place where like, Hey, we love what you're doing. Here's a couple of free samples to hand out to your subscribers for free. And it's like a little marketing um, ploy for them as well. Yeah. 
Interesting. I and like that done, idea. We, we've done it with some of our restaurants. So they'll give us a little, you know, $15 off, come see us or whatever. So yeah, just whatever, whoever we can mm -hmm. help build up the local food community. Great. And the growing climate there in San Antonio is pretty good. I I'm really surprised to hear you guys are experiencing snow right now. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, they're looking at, we're looking at a low of like 15 on Monday, which is Holy moly. Austin is looking at like nine degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no, we just, nobody knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's really, um, cause we'll get something a day of this or two days, but it's been at freezing since yesterday. Yeah. And it through Tuesday. So is your food scraps freezing in the buckets and in, in the totes? I, I've heard about those northern composters and their hockey pucks, they call them, <laughs> which is like when the food scraps freezes in the bucket in the perfect shape of like a, a cylinder. Yeah, so. I, I know reading some of the stories. I'm, I'm glad we don't deal with it more than just the couple days here and there. <laughs> It yeah well luckily um you know i'm a little farther south than you and it's actually unbearably hot right now as, as usual so well it was wednesday it hit 85 here <laughs> yeah so that's uh, a are, dramatic change yeah our lemon tree i mean is full of buds right now you know i mean it's uh, that's yeah. too bad because those buds are probably going to all die off and yeah. drop. So, I mean, that's our farm. I think we have a lot of, I, there are a lot of farmers kind of freaking out right now. And so what is your role within your company? Just to be clear, the compost queens, the other queen is your mom? My mom. Yeah, we started the company together. It's actually her, um, her idea. She came to me with the idea and... Um, I was a burnt out social worker in public schools and looking for um, a change. So I do a lot of the, just like logistics, you know, figuring out, I mean, you know, for the first two and a half years, we were doing all of the, all of the routes, all of the cleaning, the buckets, everything. It was just pretty much the two of us. Um, and we've got now, you know, a driver that's doing, all of the routes we've got help on the farm some help with marketing but i'm just pretty much logistics sort of hr now yeah. um, just sort of overseeing you know all yeah the things. <laughs> troubleshooting like trying to learn all the best practices because it's still yeah. an evolving sort of I think we're all, all of us community composters are learning, you know, as all the we ways. go. Yeah. So, so what, like you come from a world of uh, social work and you were kind of burnt out. How, like, what did you use for a template for this idea? Where did your mom get the idea? And what is your kind of goal with the compost queens to, you know, uh, down the road? to obtain so my mom got the idea from a documentary on pbs with i can't remember her name but she her company was vokashi in brooklyn and she was doing a similar thing 
So uh, we just started kind of researching. First, we were like researching Bokashi, trying it out at home, you know, just to make sure it worked because it seemed a little bit like kind of too too magical to me, like when I read about it. So we tried that out and we just sort of, I was just doing a lot of internet research, like looking up other companies and how they were doing it, you know, and how like routes worked and things like that. And my job in the public school system, I was like overseeing a program where I had, you know, 18 staff and like 90 plus students out all over the city and I was building schedules for them. So I kind of like took some of that like mm -hmm. logistical stuff and brought it into that. And I mean, we were doing everything with like Google Sheets and Google Maps and, you know, different programs for this and that, just sort of what we could pull together um, until it just slowly started to like evolve and found the community composters listserv and different, like, you know, resources to just, figure out how to make it work, you know, better. Um, yeah, so community composters are some innovative folks. I mean, I can't wait um, interviewing more people like yourself on this podcast to find out what kind of crazy things they've done. You know, I've heard like, how do bike haulers of compost, how do they do it? And, yeah. you know, I loved that idea, but I, I, our summers get so hot here mm. and San Antonio is so spread out and really not a bike friendly city that I just, neither is Orlando. Yeah. You know, it's, it's dangerous to ride your bike here. So here too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just sort of like trial and error, put it out to our friends and sort of built routes to, around a couple areas. And then, um, yeah, a ton of trial and error in every aspect of, of it. But I like that. I mean, I like problem solving and I mean, that's the social worker in me is looking at like how systems work and how to make them work better together and things like that. So, um, you know, our, our goal is just to keep growing. I mean, I'd love to get everybody in San Antonio composting their food waste. Like we have in a normal non-pandemic year, we have a lot of, I mean, we have a, you know, two week fiesta. We have a lot of events, citywide events. The city loves events and food. And um, we're a UNESCO city of gastronomy and innovation or something like that. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're kind of growing a reputation for being a city of food and so I want it to be a sustainable city of food you know yeah. so I mean my idea is to have you know processing hubs throughout the area but also we have a lot of community gardens teach them how to be able to do it themselves within their communities make people self-sustainable on it as well you know we sell the bokashi and the kit so people can do it at home as well they don't have to use our service so Right. And they have the green bin as well. So yeah, it sounds like being a resident in San Antonio, uh, a single family home, that is, you have a lot of options, but even the multifamily homes, they do have you as an option with Bokashi. And how, like, to get to that point, it sounds like 
a lot more education needs to happen, which is okay. I mean, mm-hmm. same with Orlando. Um, it's a lifelong process, but what are some things you're doing uh, on the educational front in San Antonio? So, so we do offer a lot of workshops. I mean, we partner with Talking Tree and EcoCentro, who's the farm partner at Garcia Street, does they do a ton of workshops, you know, on all all kinds of things from you know, gardening, water conservation, things like that. Um, we'd really love to partner with apartment complexes to at least educate all of their residents about, you know, what we're doing, that that that's a service that's I think the apartments are a, you know great resource. And we find a lot, I mean, we have a a lot of clients that are in apartments and it's younger people who just are worried about the environment and it just, they want a better option. Um, But also we're a big military city. So we get people that have lived all over the world in countries where this is what you do. Mm. So they get here and, you know, I met one couple at the farmer's market. They're like, we've been here for three weeks and we've just been keeping our food scraps and we have no idea what to do with them. Like, <laughs> you know, we're getting worried, like we've got to find something. So I, yeah, we just have to sort of get the word out that we're out there. Um, mm-hmm. San Antonio is interesting because it's like a big, small city. You, everybody knows everybody somehow, but it's also like in silos. So people don't know about things that are outside of their you know bubble bubble yeah and for the apartment complexes you mean like approach the property manager or you know kind of the the HOA the homeowners association and like what exactly what is the structure of pricing and you know how would you perform like a a service at if you were doing a whole 200 unit apartment complex or something. So I, we've, we haven't been able, so far really all we've been able to do is get them to sort of help advertise our services, but we'd love to do it where it's sort of like a drop-off. I think there's a company in Denver, I think that almost exclusively does apartment complexes. And so they have, you know, somewhere on the property, a drop site, where people, um, the residents can be, you know, just utilize that drop site. What is their name, that company in Denver? Oh, it's, I'm going to not remember. I know that they're on the, the listserv. Um, That's all right. I'll, I'll look here. it up later and include it yeah. in the show notes. But yeah, but, yeah I'm spacing on it right now, but um yeah, that's, I think there's, you know, there's different models for doing it. So yeah. what we're running into is a lot of the apartment complexes are run by these big corporations where, you know, it's hard to get to a decision maker. Right. And does San Antonio have valet trash service? Like that's one of the amenities for these apartment complexes um, for their residents. So I just don't see why it would be, it just seems intuitive to have like a valet composting service right next to the trash service. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but, you know, that that's down the line because that's, 
you know, too early for a lot of these ballet companies, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate. I think um, that was most of my questions. I mean, this has been a, a great conversation and you've really shown that you and your mom are like some innovative thinkers. You have that logistical mind that you need starting a, a community composting company. You know, we're really just micro haulers. We're like these big trash hauling companies, but at a smaller scale and with food waste recycling. So I think that's so awesome what you guys are doing and best of luck there in San Antonio. Yeah, thank you. And thanks again for creating this forum to talk about it. All right, well, take care. Have a good rest of the day. You too. O-Town Compost is Orlando's community composter that offers full-service food waste pickups for residents and commercial businesses. Also, we do zero-waste events and sell soil amendment products and compostable serviceware on our website. We're super stoked to have a special for all our great listeners. To get your first month free of our convenient odor and pest-free residential service, just use the promo code WESTORANGE, one word, WESTORANGE, and enter it when you subscribe. Thank you for listening.